pig is good. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from ColdSploitation.com and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? We're back for another uh, episode of uh, St. Patrick's Day shenanigans. We are doing this this episode a little bit early, as we said in uh, previous episodes. Um, mostly because I'm not going to be here during the St. Patrick's Day, the, the actual week of St. Patrick's Day, so we can't do it then. And we have to do Captain Marvel as well, so we can't really... We can't wait until next week because we're going to have a dual episode, dual week episode here because we're going to do today's episode and then next week we're going to have Captain Marvel for you if everything works out correctly. So, double the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Woo! Uh, what I want to start out with is by just prefacing this by saying that every year, Martin and I subject ourselves to some of the worst cinema known to man. <laughs> With the Leprechaun series. Uh, and now, not if you've listened to the previous episodes that we've done, you'll know that we don't, we don't always dislike the Leprechaun movies. Um, and I think probably the, the best um, example of that would be Leprechaun 2, which is one that actually stuck out to us as being not that bad of a Leprechaun movie. Eh, corny, cheesy. And, corny, cheesy, but and, at, and, least, at least a little bit enjoyable. Um, looking back, I'm like yearning for the first one. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's, it, I mean, in that... It, like Jennifer first... Aniston, after that, was probably like, my career's over. It's ruined, <laughs> I don't... At Ugh. least the first Leprechaun uh, had some familiar faces and at least some something going on. Now, now with, with this point in the series, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry... To be really glad that Carl P- Pilkington gives Warwick Davis a bunch of shit in an idiot abroad, yeah, yeah, and where he, where yeah, basically just, just rags on yeah. Warwick Davis for no reason. In, in fact, that. in fact, I think Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais were being unkind to poor Carl, and they should have just tortured Warwick Davis. Yeah, I mean, he is the reason why. We get to well, one of the reasons why we get to the point that we're at now with Leprechaun Four in space. You think he, like he signed like a ninety nine con like film contract? I don't know. I mean, or something like you know, like something outrageous. Like I would think, like and he's like, ah, I'm going to be employed for life. I guess. I mean, I don't really know. I don't know if like in Leprechaun, the Leprechaun films, it was sort of like a a deal where especially with like three and four i could see like them making a deal where it's like okay we're gonna do three and four and it sort of is like you know i i don't know if they did it as like a two film series or if they because like leprechaun three and four they're back to back basically they're 95 and 96 both directed by brian trenchard smith so i'm thinking that the the studio Whoever licensed Leprechaun was like, all right, we're going to do three and four. We're going to do them back to back. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they shot these films back to back. Um, you know, like shot three and four on the same sets and just really did some some uh, change ups. But the funny thing is Leprechaun 3 is a much better movie than Leprechaun 4. It's kind of weird. That's I mean, Le- and that's yeah, that's saying something like Leprechaun 3 is not a good film, but. I I would th- will say right off the bat, right off the rip here, and we're not envisioning this episode to be a super long, <laughs> super long installment of Blood and Black Rum podcast. But I'm going to say right off the bat, Leprechaun Three is a much better film than Leprechaun Four. It's more enjoyable. It's got more going for it, at least. Should have had a tagline. What's that? Because it was in Vegas, right? So why wasn't like Leprechaun Three? Viva! Leprechaun Vegas, you know. Well, I'm thinking at this point in the in the series. Oh, and I'm I'm wrong actually. No, it was 94 four, and 96. 
So they they technically wait. Did, am I right? no ninety five yeah. and ninety six? I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. I'm second guessing myself here. But I, you know, I don't know at this point in the series how much creativity was actually going into Leprechaun. Um, it seems more like they were just like find a unique setting for Leprechaun. All I can tell you is because um, I brought it up to you, I go, how did this film get this far? This franchise. Who was like nobody bought ran out to the store to buy Leprechaun three and four. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the, the only, and the, I mean, obviously, the only conclusion that you can come up with is that they just made their money on on VHS rentals. They got sold; their stock just basically got sold to video stores around the country. And then you know, well, I think you do end up seeing that with Leprechaun Four because Leprechaun in the Hood did not come out until until two thousand. So you had a four-year gap where people were like, let's take a break in Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know who was really pushing for those movies, you know, and especially Leprechaun in the Hood. I don't know who was, like, going into what, – what who uh, who produced this one? I Was it Lions- Lionsgate? Lion- yeah, like, Lionsgate has the rights to it. I don't know if they actually produced this one. Uh, Blue Rider Pictures produced this one. But I don't see anybody really going in and being like, to Lionsgate, I've got a great idea for you. We're going to put <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood. And people being like, yes, that's to be what honest we need with you, right now. To be honest with you, I envision Leprechaun 5 next year. It has to be better. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it has to be, because this is the worst amalgamation of cliched space tropes ever into a nonsensical fart noise of a film. I don't even know why we do this to ourselves, honestly. Why do we? Why do we? Why do we celebrate the uh, you know Americanized portrayal of Irish people by watching Leprechaun films? It's it's just not enjoyable. I'd rather enjoy. I, I'd even watch the Boondock Saints over this or something. Well, you're t- careful now. <laughs> care, care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna upset a lot of listeners here. Spoiler alert, it's very overrated. Daryl Dixon's in that one. I'm upset with you. I just remember getting a little off topic here, but I do remember in college, a lot of people were like, you gotta watch this movie, The Boondock Saints, and... Yeah, and, so and, like, watched, and then I watched movie. it, and I was like, I don't fucking get it. It's, what's like a... I mean, besides like... What's a good Irish movie that we could watch that's not fucking Leprechaun? The Departed? I was thinking that, but... You know, I'm assuming Irish, they're they're Irish cat Bostonian. Goodwill hunting. I'm just thinking like I'm. I, I obviously we're like Warwick Davis, contractually obliged to at least finish Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun Back to the Hood. But I'm thinking after that, like we we've, we've gotten ourselves into a predicament here where we're like <laughs> three years out and like we can't fucking get out of this. We can't get out of this. But uh, I'm thinking like, what do we do after that? What do we like? What? What what can we do to like maybe not have such a sour taste in our mouth for St. Patrick's Day? We just don't fucking do it because we're not Catholic. We're like we'll skip this one. Yeah, All right. <laughs> move on. We'll move on to Easter themed yeah, holidays. That's, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, Critters Two. Critters Two is an Easter movie. I mean, we also already we already did the nice Catholic uh, holiday of Tenebrae. True. Even though it had nothing to do with the holiday, but you know, yeah, that's well, we should talk about that because St. Patty's Day, Easter. They're, I mean, they're pretty separated this year. Like, Easter's pretty far out, so yeah, you can do an Easter movie. It's like, almost in like the yeah, ne- neck yeah. of May. We generally tend to skip Easter movies. We could, we could do an Easter movie. There's not that many, but we could do one. But that's, another, that's for another time. Let's take a break real quick. Talk about some of the beers we got. Because we did, not we, only did we get a new beer for this show, uh, or a pack for the show, but we also went to the Saratoga Beer Fest... Like we do every year. That's right. It's become a yearly tradition. I don't know. I'm 29 years old, so it's been eight. Years. It's been about eight years. I think so it's only, crazy. we only missed one, so seven. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think our the second year we could have went, we didn't go. We, we we tend to go every year. Check out new beers every year. And what did they have this year? But more IPAs and more porters. It's a big thing. You know, they. I, I'm surprised because they went back to, like, the roots. You, right, yeah. For the past couple of years, they've been doing, like, really goofy like, they'll stuff. They'll have, like, one beer that stands out as being, like, that's the it beer this year. 
And this time they really didn't. I would say the only it beer would be a New England IPA. That's and, like the it beer. And I was really surprised no brewed IPAs. Ah, uh, yeah, me too. Outside I, of I really... outside of the Alma Gang one, that uh, because you know we've been see, starting to see that crop up yeah. everywhere. But apparently that perhaps fat... that trend has not grown from this area, or it's already dead. Because yeah. you know yeah. we got hey guys, 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 listen, got a great idea. You're gonna love it. You know how we have this nice new IPA style, the New England style, the juicy style, the hazy style? Well, yeah, yeah. Can't agree on the name. Can't agree on the nomenclature, <laughs> but it's the hazy and based on right. Just yeah. How about we do that, but with a pale ale? Yep, that seems to. Be, It'll be a New England pale ale. That seems to be a newer thing. That's and you know what out. that tastes like? A regular fucking New England, just like a Nipa. Lazy, ba- they're just lazy yeah, no, bastards. I agree. May- sometimes they pair back the hops a little bit, but well, yeah, it's but like the it's thing annoying. That, the thing that sticks out to me about like the New England New England pale ales and stuff is like, okay, yeah, it tastes like a pale ale, and it's like the only person that's really going to take that in is somebody who's pouring it out and like using their eyes to drink. They're like, yeah, that is fucking hazy. Well, not only that, right. not only that too, unless you're getting on tap or pour, you're right, pouring it out. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm, not, not really... I'm not making sure when I'm like, guys, I got Saranax, polar heat, yeah, polar vortex, pouring it out. Es- into... Especially when they come in cans. Because the cans are like, designed, like for... designed for easy drinking. You crack the can, you drink it. That's why I'm looking at, all right, well, you know, when the when the beer bubbles up to the top of the can on the rim, it's pretty easy to me. Uh, I, I do... say that's why that's why they the past couple of years, like every like, like, it's, it's hard to imagine. There was a time, like, six, seven years ago, very hard to get craft beer in cans. Yeah. just wasn't a thing. Because, like... <laughs> Everybody was, like, sniffing at it. Yeah, yeah. toffee nose. Like, mm, yeah. no, it's got to be bottled. But then, they're like, hey, we can make a lot of money selling in cans. People want in cans for their camping trip. Not only that, we can do 15 packs, and that's, you know... Yep. Well, one thing I like about the New England IPAs, too, is that generally the... the flavor the the hops is more of a tropical citrusy flavor it's like who's getting like like nice fresh pineapple in new england okay no one's growing fresh pineapple or mangoes in new england they they had to have some botanist over there like I cro- just, like cross pollinating the hop strains yeah, like i to, just like how that's become the thing that's like, like pot- Pineapple and guava. Yeah, pineapple and guava from New England. That's what people think about when they think of New England styles. I mean, I was... Like a chowder IPA. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you but. got something kind of similar to that in the pack that you have, but... Mm. Um, but no, I mean, I like this style, but it is it is very hit or miss. Like, you gotta do because, it well. Because the mixing, like, the, the juicy, tropical flavors of the hops with your IPA, it's... I. Some of them are way too juicy and, like, you totally lose the IPA. Others don't have enough juiciness to it. It tastes like just a regular IPA. It's really kind of hard to tell, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's a very hard thing to balance. To which I say, I'd rather just drink a Saranac Tropical Storm IPA, and that's not even a New England IPA. That's just, like, a tropical IPA. Right. Cause, and it's that's really good. It's, like, the perfect balance of, you know, nice citrus, you know... Tropical fruits and an IPA style, and I think when we're talking about like New England, I and New England, I'm sorry, New England pale ales. Now that's an even diffi- more difficult balance because now you have to build difficult, difficultly balance the tropical flavors of that while also getting just a hint of hops and upping the maltiness. Yeah, exactly, and 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 so that that's an even more difficult balance because that's I don't know that that's really. It's not entirely doable. You have to you don't have to substitute one for the other. You can't have both. So in this case, I think with the harpoon pack that we just got, the spring pack, the best example of that is probably their uh rec what is it called? Is it rec rec room lager? Is that what it is? Rec uh rec room session. Rec yeah, rec room session lager, which is a um New England pale ale style, but it's a session pale ale style. So it's meant to be you know, oh, it's Rec League. I'm sorry, Rec Harpoon's Rec League, New England Pale Ale. It's it's a it's a New England Pale Ale, but it's meant to be sessioned because it's only like three and a half percent, and <coughs> it's 
got a very it's like a 33 IBU beer. So it's it's sort of it is pretty less, hoppy. It is it especially is hoppy, especially yeah. for how light it you know light and sessionable it is. It definitely does have a nice balance. Um, yeah. The Nipa style juiciness and the pale ale, yet while being crisp and refreshing, but it doesn't really taste super light. But it's very easy and sessionable to drink. That's definitely one. They come in a fifteen pack, besides the twelve pack of the. Spring and I would get seasonal. that. And I would definitely get that fifteen pack. First of all, it's super light. It's like 120 calories. You can. This is one of those beers that I would consider crushable. Which I don't. I never really like to use that term, but it certainly is. I this did one see, is crushable. I did see that on like <laughs> saw a, people people saying that. Not right? only that, on one of the new Sam's packs, they put that on. They're like, crushable. Oh yeah, the Sam Seventy Six. They're crushable. Yeah, beer. You know, I don't, beer I don't love that term. I generally am not crushing a beer, but I will admit that I did crush that rec league today. That was pretty fast that I drank that. But again, it's like three and a half percent. So you really, you're right. It's base. It's almost non-alcoholic. It might point. as well be near beer. Yeah, yeah. Just like Heineken's got their like uh, new zero percent. Yeah. But I will say that uh, in comparison to Harpoon's other beer that they included in there, which is. Also a New England Pale Ale, and it's literally just called their New England Pale Ale. Um, that one is a much better balance from what I've what I've tried of yours um, than the, the the Rec League is is a better balance than the New England Pale yeah, Ale. Yeah, the New the New England's five and a half. It's slightly higher on the IBUs. It's a thirty eight. However, like I said, it's a very delicate balance for the style of Nipus to mix the juiciness with the IPA or Pale Ale in this case. And this one's way too juicy. Um, it has you get slight hoppiness to it, no maltiness at all until you're drinking the ass into the can, where that's all you're getting is just like juice and then like bready, like stale malts. Mm. Um, I, I didn't think it was bad, but I would never have it again. It's just way too not balanced at all. Mm. When I like it again, it, the style is supposed to be mixed together. It's not like you're supposed to be sitting there and like, like it's like the never-ending uh, gobstopper, like or not never-ending gobstopper. Uh, Veruca Salt's like uh, meal and a uh, piece of gum, you know, like oh first the tomato soup and then the roast beef and yeah. oh dessert. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's all supposed to mix together well, and it's to me, I don't think it is. Uh, one other thing that they include in the spring pack, which would be apropos for Leprechaun 4, is the Crake, which is their Irish Red IPA. And I think I believe we've had it on the show before. We had it at some point. I don't know if it was last year or year before Maybe or something like that. Maybe misremembering, but I feel like years ago it was just a red ale. I don't know. I mean, in this one, I, I agree that I feel like I don't remember it in the way that it is now. I don't. I but, I remember it, like, years ago being like a red ale. But I actually have come to enjoy this, and I've had two of them tonight. And I'll tell you, they're, they're strong red uh, IPAs, but they do have that nice blending of malt and, and uh, the hoppiness from the red IPA style. Now, I know that you are not a big fan of this one. No, I. It's w- way too like alcohol forward. It's super, it's, super alcohol forward. That's um, for sure. Way too like the balance of it is just doesn't sit right with me. It's like, it, like again, like with the New England Pale Ale, the maltiness of it just tastes off. I don't know if it's because it's in their cans or what. Um, it just the maltiness doesn't taste right. It tastes stale and like old. Way too alcoholy, and because it's practically a double IPA at seven percent, it's right. r- really hoppy too. So it's all yes. got these very strong flavors in different categories and breadiness and hoppiness and alcohol. I just don't think it makes pairs well for a red IPA. Granted, I've never been the biggest fan of red IPAs to begin with. I, it's always been a style that I've, I'm kind of glad they like was one of the first ones they got it out of the way to try to mix together, and they kind of realized. It ain't that great of you know mm-hmm. great of a mix because honestly the only like halfway decent red IPA I can think of off the top of my head that I've ever had was like Sam Adams Tasman Red back when yeah the, they the used to have the ones. you know the twenty four ounce Tall Boy bottles yeah of like different stuff um, it's just not a style that I really care for so mm. it's just not for me. Uh, 
Uh, real quick, what was your favorite beer of the beer fest that you had? had I have three uh, toppers. All right. My top three are... Uh, my top three is, um, I believe it was Rogue. I can't remember if it was Rogue or Victory. It was one of the two. And they had a black currant uh, sour. Now I am sounds like victory to me. I I don't know if it was I think rogue. it was I think it might have been rogue. Hmm. I, Interesting. Um. Now I didn't know what black currants are. Didn't know they were even a fruit. I just knew they were a thing because of Red Dead Redemption Two and picking them with John Marston. Yeah, you're, and you're right. It's a it's the rogue black currant sour. Yeah. So I didn't know what black currants tasted like or what they really were because in Red Dead they say it's a herb. So when they said it was a sour, I'm like, that's kind of weird. Didn't know it was like a fruit, like a berry, like an even like older pre- people version of like blackberries. I liked it. It was pretty sour, pretty tart, and it was really when they pour it, it's like really red. It looks like you're like drinking like Welch's grape juice. Yeah, that's how like bright and luminescent it is. But it's pretty good. And I'm not the biggest sour fan, but I do like like kind of a bitter blackberry taste. I thought it was pretty good. Yep. Uh, second is R. S. Taylor's. Samoa this uh, Imperial Stout. If you like Samoa Girl Scout cookies and you like stouts, that's the beer for you. Mm. It tastes just like you're drinking Samoas, like grind, like <laughs> out, like fermented into like a a nice stout. It was great. It was heavy, had that nice coconut taste to it. It was very very well balanced. Because they also have like a coconut milk stout that we, we've had before. I've had the coconut milk and I'm not And it's not, you yeah. know, not, wasn't that good. But this is like really good. And I love Samoa cookies, so it was just great. And finally, the best beer I had by a mile was River Horses Triple Horse Triple. It was great. One of the best triples I've ever had in my life. It's <laughs> very banana-y, which is, for years on this podcast, I said how I did not like that taste. But now that I've gotten older and more sophisticated those yeasts you love it, it, it yeah. those belgian yeasts i mean i've always liked belgian beers but i always liked them when they're more pared down on the banana in this but it was very like clovey and banana and very fruity and refreshing and it was 10 percent too mm. but it was very crisp and refreshing and light like you were drinking a nice hefeweizen oh so good so my favorite- i would love to i would love to if i could find it around here i'd buy it in a I'd heartbeat have to try to find it yeah uh, my favorite was R.S. Taylor's, which is a local brewery to us. It's in um, Saratoga and also in um, Salem, New York. Uh, their uh, orange chocolate stout. No, I'm sorry. I think it was a – I'm not sure if it was a stout or a porter. I think it was um, – I mean, basically uh, doesn't really matter. They're both <laughs> about the same. But their orange chocolate tasted just like those whack and unwrap oranges. It was it was really good, very smooth. Um, the orangeness came out, but it wasn't overpowering. And you definitely got that chocolate taste too. Uh, definitely my favorite of the day. To me, I, I compared it to like a Lindor chocolate bar. Yeah, like an yeah. orange orange and dark chocolate. That was really good too. But yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed that one. That one was probably my favorite that I had out of the whole day. Because it was something different too. Because a lot of times you were going around and you're seeing like, okay, somebody brought their brought their double IPA. All right, well, you know that's fine. Or somebody brought their New England style IPA. Um, you know, and so this was a little bit different. And it was also, you know, what it is? It's a chocolate and blood orange stout. So it's got the blood mm-hmm. orange flavor to it too, which is sort of a little bit different, tartar, a little tartar than a normal. Uh, orange. Yeah, so. you got giddy about that when you're, at, you're like, it's an orange and chocolate. And then you went on and tapped, like, yeah. oh, it's blood it's orange. Blood orange. That's right. That's why it's got the tartness to it. So definitely, uh, definitely something to look out for. Hopefully, it makes its way around because it is really. I, I could see that being sort of the staple of R.S. Taylor, much in the same way that Founders has some of their Kentucky breakfast stouts and stuff like that mm. being their staple. Uh, the chocolate and blood orange, I could see being uh, R.S. Taylor's staple. So. All right. We did have a fun time. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Leprechaun 4. Like I said, I don't, it's envision, bad I don't, yeah, I don't envision this being a super long episode about uh, Leprechaun 4 in space. Um, and we'll start out by talking about Brian Trenchard Smith. So Brian Trenchard Smith, if you're uh, well-versed in the horror universe, you know that in the 90s and the early 2000s, Brian Trenchard Smith 
had his hands in pretty much every single uh, late entry in a fucking series. So, like, every every sort of, like, 90s, cheesy, low-budget sequel flick that you can think of probably had Brian Trenchard Smith somewhere on the bill for that. And Leprechaun 4 is no different. So, the one thing that surprises me is that I forgot, but he did. He also directed Leprechaun Three, and it's and, and like I said, I think it's probably a sort of a joint thing where they contract and they did a two movie deal. But Leprechaun Three is a lot better than Leprechaun Four, and one of the reasons for that is because Leprechaun Four has really uninspired writing, and I kind of tend to joke and I say, "In Space" is sort of like the place that you go when you really have no ideas left for a franchise. But that is exactly what happens in Leprechaun 4. I know, but they beat other franchises to the punch. True, true. But at this point, they were like, we got nothing. Uh, There's no earthly bounds that we can set Leprechaun in. So we got to ship him off to space. And not even even more cliche, especially in the 90s. Space or Vegas? Well, you know what? (laughs) They hit both. You know, no, I know because Leprechaun Three was in Vegas. Uh, you know, yeah, another, yeah, the, again, yeah, Vegas is another big example. Like a lot of people would just like go to Vegas, vacation, went to Vegas, and Vegas it, vacation. Uh, Honey, I blew up the kids. The mm-hmm. sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Vegas. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was something. Viva, like, Viva, uh, Rock Vegas for the Flintstones. Flip- flip- pro- you know what it was? It was probably Brian Trenchard Smith behind the scenes, like. Bring him to Vegas. You don't have any ideas? Bring him to Vegas. He's got to get, he's got to get, he owes a bunch of money to, yeah. I mean, and you know, and and the other thing was like, they probably brought him in and they were like, he was like, so what have you done so far? Like you've been to Vegas? (laughs) Yeah, we already did Vegas. Yeah, you did. Oh, space. Space. Hey, you, you did Vegas. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, he's a little Ewok. He was the guy that was the Ewok and returned the Jedi. How about space? Yeah, yeah. It is funny. Because there's three fucking, at the time, in 1996, there's three different Star Treks going on. You got Deep Space Nine. You got Enterprise, not Enterprise, uh, Voyager. You got the next-gen movies going on. Well, let's be fair. Put it in space. It's pretty clear Leprechaun 4 didn't use any of those sets. Because they have the bottom of the barrel set design on this film. Well, I can tell you right now, um, deep. Sp- next, I'm sure I'm, all the all the Star Treks do not have are probably as cheap as this too. <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe they all just shared. They're like, you buying plastic crates? <laughs> all right, we'll share them. You know, spray paint them white. <laughs> we'll make them look futuristic. But yeah, the, the lepre- I mean, Leprechaun 4's design is just a audit, aud- like pretty much from the get-go, you're like, wow, this is such a cheap film. Um, one thing that we we immediately saw was they're drinking out of these like plastic cups that are like <laughs> super- blue and vivescent. Blue and pink, you know. And it, it, it's definitely nostalgic, like, 95, 96 era, like, go to Walmart, this is your utensils for, like, <laughs> summer. Uh, and at one point, you can even see the bottom of the cup. The bottom of the cup has that stapled <laughs> sticker on it that says, like, yeah, this, here's yeah, the price this year. And, and as you know, and I know, when you get those cups, that sticker ain't coming off. It doesn't matter how hard you scratch at it, it's gonna leave residue. From that I, super sticky substance. It's, that they put I on fucking there. hate that. Like when I go to GameStop and you buy a game, they still yeah. leave like the stickers slapped on there, yeah. and it completely and, uh, ruins your yeah. It's like your entire. Pr- that's uh, what, one of the reasons why I like n- I never buy anything used. Same thing like Fye. If you bought like a used CD, they slap it on there big, and so you like yeah. you can show all your friends. I bought the used one. That's that's exactly what they do with these cups, and you can just see the you know the production design going on, and they're like. I can't get the sticker off. And like, leave it, leave it. No one's going to see the bottom of the cup. And lo and behold, you see the fucking bottom of the cup because they accidentally I think, well, I think, it. I think it's more, and no one's going to see the bottom of the cup. Quality, uh, picture quality still 240p. Right. Yeah. Now we got four, that's, that's you know, true. That's 4K, true. you know, to illuminate everything. One of the other things that kind of sticks out to me about Leprechaun 4 is how many soft shots there are. Just soft, like, sort of blurry shots of things, out-of-focus shots, 
Um, there's like quite a few in this film. And yeah, you, they did a couple of times with uh, Jessica Collins, our heroine. Yeah, I, which and, like that, like I said to you, that to me is like just ripping off or paying homage to. Like the original Star Trek, because in the original Star Trek series, anytime like Kirk was talking to a woman or something, it'd be like camera on Kirk, and then as soon as it went to go focus on the woman talking, it'd be close up, very soft focus, like ah. yeah, it could very well be homage to them as well, because I mean, it's not like Brian Trenchard Smith doesn't recognize the uh, the the different areas that he goes and is like inspired by other things or like, just ripping ri- ri- basically ripped <laughs> off because i mean the princess in this film totally ripped off of leia i mean it's completely she even has like armband style leia uh and and everything else it's very ripped off from star but she but she does what everyone wanted carrie fish to do and that was show her show us her boobies that's true you know it's true that's yeah. what everyone wanted carrie fisher to do but apparently you know brian trenchard smith kind of does understand though and and i'm not saying like he definitely understands like who's watching these films because if you've seen his other films night of the demons 2 um you know he's done a ton of sequel work he definitely knows what to populate in the into these films boobs for sure. And and actually, uh, Leprechaun 4, and the whole Leprechaun series primarily, boobs. is one that, well, it's sort of lacking on the boobs. Like, this is one of those films that's sort of lacking what the boobs that it needs to sort of propel it forward if, for its audience. We got, you know... Uh, I mean, you get bras one, and stuff like that. Not the but, one girl running around, like, you know, low... But red. if you've seen some of, other, some of the other Brian Trenchard Smith films, you know that he goes further than this. This is sort of tame in comparison to some of his other movies that he's done. Yeah, Leprechaun 3, we got, uh, like, seductive, like, I don't know, you know, nice, oh, yeah. eh, you yeah. know, booby dancing with, like, the casino guy. That's yeah. true, that's yeah. true, yeah. This one is in space. We got space carrying the film. We don't need titties to carry the film. I guess. I, I would disagree <laughs> with that statement. I mean, I, I think that in this film... The space element doesn't really carry it so far. Um, This film does suffer from a lot of films from the 90s that did set themselves in space. One that I can think of that I just recently watched, Critters 4. It has the same exact problems. Is that the filmmakers think if you set it in space and you have characters running around a space-like spaceship that sort of resembles Alien, that that resemblance to Alien will entertain viewers not even alien alien 2 i mean yeah alien not alien 2 yeah and 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 that's not always the case like people do love that sort of spaceship set uh ambience to it or i'm thinking some of the other films from the 80s like um deep star 6 which were set opposite of space in the ocean and they had the same sort of set so yes those can be really fun to watch but they have to be designed around a really interesting plot or else things or fall apart or, or characters and leprechaun 4 has none of that it does not it's, have an interesting plot it's everything here is just i mean i know i know the series is a parody series sure yeah uh, you know it's always been tongue firmly pressed in cheek so what i would say all this stuff that, that they're ripping off it's not really ripping off it's pr- probably a lot more akin to homage but it's so poorly done, we're not going to call it homage and call it ripping off. So let's count, like, all the space films this rips off. Yeah, go for it. Star, we got Return of the Jedi with the Leia outfit for Princess Banana, who's a wants, no one gives a shit. It's pretty hard to count how many, like, just star, like, space set shows at this time Aliens, off. Yeah. Yeah, aliens, the whole, ca- ca- our whole cast of Marines is literally... Aliens. Well, Marines slash Mercs, it doesn't really know what they are. <laughs> at, some, at one point, they yeah. are basically, they sound like Arc- they're on yeah. contract, yeah. but they're not because they're Marines. Uh, but, I mean, it's ba- Battlestar Galactica would be a big one to the show. Uh, all the Star Treks airing at, at the time. Every single one. I mean, I mean, probably the one that it most resembles is, like, um, Star Deep, Trek Deep Space, Deep Space Nine. Because that takes place on a space station. Yeah, that, that would be, like, the closest one. But it, it's exactly like that. I mean, you've got those parodies to The Fly. Um, the Thing. The Thing. Um, and then uh, especially the original. I mean, you get both. You get The Fly, the Jeff Goldblum version that we, we have already done mm. and is perfection personified. Mm. 
But uh, you also get um, the original fly as well because there's that reference to uh, the the character who becomes a spider at the end who's saying, help me. It's the exact same uh, setup as the original fly. Um, let's see what else you got. Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove, yep. Um, 2001. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a cue, musical cue reference. Um, you've got uh, um, Mystery Science Theater three thousand with the little C- CRT TVs that are sporadically placed throughout as the uh, German guy keeps um, popping up in like extreme close. I would say Starship Troopers, but that came out a year later. Yeah, that I I mean, maybe perhaps in essence because it was a novel beforehand, so maybe. In some I don't know how I don't know what the aesthetic of the yeah and I, I don't really know either but uh, I mean there are some similarities to that for sure. There's parts in this when it's being so over the top. I just got a feeling I want to. I'm going to hear in the background like want to know more, you know, <laughs> for like the propaganda bits from Starship Troopers. Like want to know more. There's a John Wayne reference in here. Yeah, because that's not... I don't know that's why. Not, you know, All of a sudden, it's just fucking in there. It's That's not dated by 1997. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't know why that one's in there. Just all of a sudden, a John Wayne reference. It's very strange. But this film apes a lot of its stuff. It's basically aliens, Star, the Star Treks at the time, Battlestar Galactica, and the thing smashed into one f- clusterfuck. And then the leprechaun, he's just here. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing about Leprechaun 4 too, is that, like, there is just, as you start it, there's no rhyme or reason at all to, like, why the leprechaun is in space. Hell, I had trouble. I asked you, I'm like, so what was his fate again in Leprechaun 4? Don't remember. I think he got blown up in the... This this film like completely ignores everything about Leprechaun except for the fact that he's a Leprechaun. There's no like pot of gold. There's no limericks. There they t- like, they totally took like his gimmick of like being the the wise cracking limerick saying where's me gold you know into he's just here and he says <laughs> yeah he's just there's no reason. He doesn't. They, there's. They say they do bring up his gold once. Yeah. Like, that, like for near the end, but for the most part, just to like get him like put into a little, you know. Yeah, I find that completely strange. Is that like especially because Brian Treasure Smith worked on Leprechaun Three. It's like why did they just completely excise everything about Leprechaun? It doesn't even make, like why even have it be a Leprechaun film at that point. Why not just make it a very low rent ripoff of yeah, it, the it, thing in it, Aliens? Just you know? it in space, and you don't even need that. It doesn't make any sense why they decided that it, like this has to be a Leprechaun movie. It almost seems like Brian Trenchard Smith was shooting a completely different film, and they like said, "No, we're not going to do that film." So he had to get I'm Leprechaun. Telling, in I'm there. telling you, it's because Warwick Davis signed a 99 film contract, and they're like, we "Gotta give him a fucking film. We gotta, you know." Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a really weird. He's calling the studio execs. Where's me film? <laughs> it's a weird smash up of all of these different disparate ideas, and you, I mean, I, I'll say that in that they never come together. Like it, it's all, and some of these elements probably were shot not together because um, one of the ones that really stands out is um, Doctor Mittenhand, who doesn't really ever have much interaction with Leprechaun, and his scenes are sort of like always shot. Outside, there's only a couple scenes where he actually shares with Warwick Davis. The rest of them were probably shot in one day. They're like, all right, we only got one day to do this makeup because he's supposed to be an <laughs> android thing that's like, you know, uh, I guess uh, part computer and part human. So they really only did one, probably one day of shooting with that guy. And that was it. So they don't even ever really come together and make sense as like why both of these things are happening at the same time. All I could think of between him and his little assistant is like, and the interaction they had, and the way his assistant Harold looked, it just made me think of like Vigo and the guy from Ghostbusters too. Like, no, touching off the Vigo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh, my dear Vigo. Yeah, yeah it's just because that's how he acts throughout the entire thing. Like, oh, yes, yeah, the Vigo. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Doctor Mittenhan makes me uncomfortable. I don't like those scenes. The the guy himself <laughs> with his accent and everything it makes me unco- uncomfortable. Very stereotypical. Yeah. That's why I was telling we were saying before this. I'm like, we should have just had for the intro, like, just have uh, Peter Sellers. But mind you, I gotta look. 
That's what he's literally is in this film. He's just like this fucking bloated space Nazi. Yeah, that's in like in sort of like a Wizard of Oz role. <laughs> Which I don't. Oh, yeah, we definitely don't mention that. But there's Wizard of Oz in here too. It's just a mashup of ideas, and it doesn't. Nothing ever really culminates to, to anything. It's just, and and it just kind of. Goes on and on and on. And that's part of the problem with Leprechaun 4 too, is that it just fucking keeps going. So now we're in 40 minutes. It just keeps going. It just, it's like it's, when you think it's almost over, it's not. And it will remind you because a computer will say, it, this this uh, spaceship's going to detonate in 20 minutes. And you're like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. This movie's yeah. almost over. That's not that's not real time. Come on, we know. That's like we, movie time. We know how films work. Yeah, twenty minutes. They're gonna truncate. Yeah, twenty minutes is three minutes, and three minutes is twenty minutes. Yeah. You know? No, no, that's, yeah, that's so. real time. Twenty minutes. So when you get that warning, you know you've got at least twenty minutes to go in the film, and that's kind of a, that's a killer, really. And 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 it becomes more apparent the longer you go because it's twenty minutes, and then you you've already watched for like fifteen minutes. And you're like. This has got to be over. And then the 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 voice comes on again. It's like this is going to detonate in seven minutes. You're like, no fucking way. This there's no way it's going to take seven minutes to get to the end of the film. It just keeps going. One of the problems is that like forty minutes in, there's still six people alive. You're like, how the fuck out of out of seven people, how is there still six people alive? It doesn't even make sense. See, the plot doesn't make sense. Period. Why are we in space? Why is the CGI ripped from, like, Wing Commander 3? I was expecting Malcolm McDowell and Mark Hamill to pop out. The whole leprechaun wanting a princess thing makes no no sense whatsoever. I mean, the previous no... films, he wanted to marry the pretty, he, yeah, pretty he girl. Just, he just wanted a woman. Because he's a sexual deviant, because he's Irish. But the whole princess thing, it, like, there's just no rhyme or reason to it. It just happens. <laughs> it's like... This is like an alternate space the, version of Leprechaun. And then why is she, you know, bitch, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it does, it does nothing ever culminates into anything. It they act happen. like at times, like, you know, Boris and Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle, right. kind of like yeah. in Wonder Woman with them, because they're like sitting behind things, like scheming and laughing. Like, whoa, they're going to get, oh, they're going to fall for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I really disliked about Leprechaun 4 that changes up from. Uh, previous leprechaun films is that all the kills are really really um not creative at all um in other leprechaun films people would like make wishes because they would want his you know they would want gold or whatever and they so they would make wishes with leprechaun and so he would circumvent those wishes into something devious in this film there nothing happened like leprechaun randomly has a lightsaber and that's how he kills people well the the one clever one is when the guy pisses on his dead body. Like, yeah, that's what we do to dead bodies. Piss on him. Yeah. And then he gets the clap, leprechaun clap from it. And then later when he's trying to, you know, be with them boobies, you know, then his he has a violent erection and the leprechaun explodes through his dick. We don't see it, but we see pants and a zipper jostle all yeah. around. That's probably the best the best one out of the, the film, but other than that... It's still fucking stupid. Every, everything is so, super uninspired. It, they're, all of the kills... And, and half the time, they don't even really have any impact on the film. Like So sometimes, like, Leprechaun conjures handcuffs out of thin air. It's like, if Le- Leprechaun, save us all the fucking time in the world. And just conjure... And just kill them all. If you can conjure handcuffs out of the thin air... Just fucking kill them, please. Drop an anvil on their head. Oh, he did do that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Basically, just just do go Looney Tunes on it and just fucking end this film seventy minutes early. That's what this. That's wait. That's what this says. This film is the Z-list horror film Looney Tunes. It, yeah. You're right, because when, when he did drop the little metal crate on low rent Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He basically looked at the camera and like winked, and I was expecting him, meet me. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and then half the time, all of the musical cues are like r- other elements. Like you get two thousand one, Space Odyssey. So there's that. There's a a scene where they play like um, what's that? Like orchestral score. The William Tell. Yeah, the Overture. William Tell Overture. Yeah. Where he's like running, like yeah, they play the William Tell Overture. Random things just crop up here and there, and. I will also say that whoever did the fucking sound design on this film 
is super annoying because every single symbol crash is a synth crash and it's like it's super annoying I love how the gun, the sounds for the guns in this film are just all over the chart. You can't tell if they're, if they're supposed to be firing bullets, if they're firing, like, pulses. Because it's like someone went down a soundboard for, like, guns and just hit, like, every single one. Like, <laughs> boo! Boo! Yeah. Well, the way that Leprechaun explodes at one point seems to indicate that there's some sort of, like, futuristic... Well, that would make sense because they're in fucking then... space and have like you know travel through space. Now, guys, still using bullets. Haven't figured out you know anything a little bit more sophisticated than you know firing bullets. Well, they also haven't figured out how to use anything besides the doom door opening because this the they... sound effects of the doors opening is like straight ripped from Doom. It's like all this all this movie was missing is like in the House of the Dead movie where it goes to like the arcade game. Remember that part in... House I don't know. The... I've never seen House of the Dead. You've never seen no, it? No, I've never bothered. You know? <laughs> we gotta do that one. Guess, yeah. guess what movie we'll be watching. Yeah, I know. And have you but seen the... any Uwe Boll films? Yeah, I've seen Blood Rain, which is fucking terrible. Okay. But anywho, there's a part in House of the Dead uh, where, like, they're like, alright, let's go. And they're, like, gonna start, like, killing the zombies. And it goes right into the video goes game. goes right into the, like, the, yeah. arc- the arcade game. It's... Hilariously in, bad in Leprechaun. It could. Why not? They might. They well. The effects of uh, Doom looked a lot better. You know. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Or Quake. Yeah. They it might as well have been Doom or Quake. Just like. Oh, so bad. It's hard to find good things to say about Leprechaun Four. Well, the one, the thing that really sticks out though is that this this film is not even fun to watch. It's not like we're joking about it. and We're finding the best parts of the film, but honestly, it's ninety five to a hundred minutes of just sheer boredom of just things happening. And I would say a good fifty minutes of the film is people running around away from Leprechaun. It's so boring. Like you would think that that would be at least somewhat fun. But it's not. It's just watching people run and try to act scared. And it's super... And there's no tension. So if you're taking the idea from Aliens or the thing where it's supposed to be secluded on this air... You know, either at, you know, this Arctic base or this space station or spaceship. It's totally... Because it's a comedy horror. There's no suspense. So them running around just ends up being like the fucking Scooby-Doo gang. And they're getting chased by old man Jenkins. Yeah. And then they have this whole su- subplot with Dr. Metter- M- Meterhand. M- Mittenhands. Mitten, Mittenfit. <laughs> Captain, Mitt- M- Captain Mittens. And it's, what was that for? Right. Oh, he wanted to, because he's a hideous thing, and he wants to become human again by taking the prince. Goes nowhere. Just so later on he can turn into... Like a spider fly thing. It's he literally looks like a very low rent combination of Brundle Fly and yeah, and the that's, fa- and that's the probably the best effect in the film is whatever they they spent made on. sure to blur that though, like when like every like the his, his, like make it like a soft focus shot and blur yeah. it, yeah, so that you don't see the the seams and everything, no, yeah, yeah. Some of the other effects though, like uh, Warwick Davis being uh, gigantified. <laughs> Super awful. Like, I mean, it's pixelated. It's like... Just imagine that on a nice CRTV watching that. Like, it's just... Oh, it's just a pic, eight-bit pixel coming at me. Yeah, it's... I mean, some of the other effects are just astoundingly bad. The one Sergeant Marine's metal plate in his head, that, yeah. you know... Yeah. Looked fucking atrocious. The whole set designs are atrocious. This literally looks like, instead of being a film, they're trying to pitch it to UPN or WB, like... Hey, we got got this great, you know. The credits, absolutely. The credits are like make it look just like- joined in progress. The, <laughs> the Deep Space Nine episode of Leprechaun Four, because it's like very it's, much like TV credits. Just yeah, like, just like like oh, just expecting Cisco, to, you know, Cisco to come walking out. Like, what's going on today? How's the war going today? Yeah, not it's, good. Okay. The funny thing about this is though. That a lot of people did go on to do other things like Jessica Collins. <laughs> Apparently we found out she's from our area. She yeah. uh, went to Amsterdam High School, which is 
only about 20 Fif- minutes, 15, 15 20 minutes. minutes away from us. And then she uh, also, I guess she was born, like, born in Schenectady. Yeah. So that's very close to us. But she's also gone on to do um, some shitty films and also uh, her, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Her best role, the two episodes of that she's in, um, It's Always Sunny, is Weather Girl with Big Titties, Jackie DiNardo. It's great. And then you, also- I, you know, I and I knew she looked familiar too. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. not because her boobs are big in this, but like her face and this, the way she's talking. I'm like, God, she sounds really familiar. And then also the guy who plays Sticks the entire time, I was like, God, he sounds and looks really familiar too. And then I look it up. He started Juana Man, everyone's favorite 2002 sports film. Yeah, but he, some of the other ones he was in, Return of the Living Dead, she'd probably know. Uh, Street Fri- Fighter is yep, DJ. Street Fighter, Friday the 13th Part 5. So he's been in quite a bit as well. He's he's had his hand in quite a few cult films. And that's Miguel Nunez Jr. Yep. Um, other than that, though, like I guess pretty much everyone else hasn't had super huge roles. Um, Debbie Dunning really stood out to us in the credits because it sounds like a porn star name. She's not a porn star, but she had she was uh, in quite a few episodes of Home Improvement. Um, so she she had some stuff too. <laughs> Boy meets world. She made her way around the TGIF world. Um, Guy Sinier starred in a British sitcom in the eighties. Um, I can't remember what it was called, hmm. but I saw that. Hello, oh, hello. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. But he played Lieutenant Hubert Gruber, so it sounds pretty apropos to him for uh, for for coming off like what he was playing in this film. Kind of the one thing that I find pretty interesting is that um, Guy Siner does look a lot like Brian Trenchard Smith, though. If you take a look at Brian Trenchard Smith, especially when he was when he like had no hair, he he looks exactly like like Brian <laughs> Trenchard Smith now could play. That android that's in Leprechaun Four because he's, he's like the they look like the same guy, um, but yeah, like I said, Brian Trenchard Smith had his hand in a lot of sequels and and shit during this time, uh, especially in the '90s too. Like he was all over those types of uh, really low budget films. Um, some of his most well knowns would be like um, <clears throat> uh, Night of the Demons Two. Um, I would say then he did like a whole bunch of like TV movies. So he's right in line with like TV movies for, uh, for that, that, uh, era as well. I was really expecting Kevin Sorbo to pop out. That's Wa- yeah, watch the this. cave set design does look like a Hercules, like or Xenia episode. Yeah. Yeah, it does. They need to put that back on Netflix so I can, you know, so you can get through it. Yeah. And you know, just Wow. I would like to revisit and see if it's, like, as bad as watching, like, Leprechaun 4. Because it's been a while. I used to watch Hercules and Xena. But I imagine now, thinking back on it, like, yeah, that's probably a pretty bad show. Some of the some of the designs in this, too, reminded me of Mortal Kombat Conquest, the show that was on for one season on WB. Like the chain chain area in the ship. Yeah, and the cave. It looked, yeah. it looked like, oh, how's Kung Lao going to beat Shang Tsung? Yeah. Tune in, guys, to find out. Yep. I did really like that show as a kid. <laughs> um, What'd you think? So, I can't get over this, like, the design of the laboratory. Yeah. Just all super, those super cheap. vials and all, they just looks like a Creepy Crawlers commercial. Yeah, everything. Does, yeah. Everything's just bubbling over, and it's just like they went to the store, and they're like, "Get every Kool Aid pack flavor you can." <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna make because like when they're taking the blood out of the princess, it's like it's like blue. bright blue. Yeah, it's like whatever. Whatever was that? Like, like blue, blue raspberry. Yeah, like blue raspberry, raspberry Kool Aid. Yeah, it's oh, it just looks so chintzy and cheap. The airlock bay does kind of look like a even lower rent version of like. The air lot, uh, the cargo bay, and like uh, Star Trek Next Gen. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, just... the whole the whole set design. And you did point out that 
when Leprechaun grows into like his uh, giant version, they definitely have just like pl- <laughs> like plastic crates. They just <laughs> look so goddamn. They're, they're, they're clear. <laughs> yeah, they're clear plastic. Like the off white, like eggshell white. Like we got white eggshell, you know, eggshell white. Which you know, the one that I mean, the white looks better, but gets dirtier quicker. The egg, the egg one, at least it looks very like it's scuffed up and dirty for you. Oh, the other thing, too, is um, in the laboratory, all of, like, the computer effects that are on screen, <laughs> you can completely tell, like, they're totally, like, static pictures. Decals. Yeah. Just, that slapped on. It's kind of like when you have, like, your, like, little monster truck as a kid that you yeah, drive yeah. around. It's got, yeah. like, the speed gauge and all put, that. like, the sticker on it. And it's, but they're just, you know, static, so it's, like, you know. Yeah, there's one scene in particular where the, uh, the doctor guy, whoever that guy is, that... Harold. Yeah, Harold. He, like, goes up, and he's, like, supposed to be tapping on, like, a keyboard or something, and, like, not, literally not, he's, like, touching a wall. That's it. (laughs) Like, you you don't see any response or anything. The other thing I noticed is, um, there's supposed to be, like, this futuristic clipboard that our main character picks up and is, like, doing calculations in it because she's, you know, working on the princess. Well, when the computer pans over to it, you can see, like, there's just, like, a calculator that's in the (laughs) middle of the clipboard, and... That's the type of effects that you get in this film, for sure. Nice silly string. Yeah, silly string, uh, silly string, like, uh, it's supposed to be spiderweb, I guess, but, I don't know. Yeah, pretty cheap effects in here. I I am curious as to what they uh, made this film for. Um, IMDb lists it (laughs) at $1,600,000, which, I mean, I feel is fairly high in you know thinking about like Especially set design and stuff because i mean i'm i'm wondering if many of that went to like warwick davis no i think brian trunkard smith just pocketed it. i don't know He's that seems like, like a really high budget for something this shoddily look at this uh, it's great on the imdb goofs and it's just one i'm sure there's more than just one goof and i don't know let's see there's see more so oh there could be more than the, that the whole yeah thing. there's a Couple. I wonder if one's about the cups and the stick. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't actually. I don't see any. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, that's pretty much all I've got about Leprechaun Four. It's it's a really bad movie. It's not even fun to watch. Um, like I said, the real time element of having to sit through twenty minutes of detonation time. That's really a killer. Once you begin to figure out, like, nope, they weren't joking. Like, that's gonna be twenty. Real-time minutes of, you know, watching people run around trying to avoid Leprechaun. It's, that's difficult. Do you have anything else you want to add? Or should we just go right into a rating? Might as well go into the rating. I agree. Because, huh? uh, it's just hard to, like, explain, like, the plot overall, too. Well, there is none, really. The no, I know, but the fact... Like nothing. But the, but the fact that there's just, like, so many... Yeah. ...branches, and I don't know. I'm having a hard time just processing like that's 100 minutes of my life just yeah that's right yeah gone you know and the thing is i think once you get into leprechaun in the hood which i have seen i hadn't seen leprechaun four in space but leprechaun in the hood is at least somewhat enjoyable to watch i have not seen this one either i had not seen it no i'm pretty sure i have seen leprechaun in the hood yeah at least leprechaun in the hood is a little bit enjoyable leprechaun four is just devoid of all fun. Do you think that Warwick Davis was just improving his lines, and that's probably why they're so bad? I don't know because it does seem like they just decided, like, we're not going to write limericks anymore. Like, and it's, not uh, only that, but just like very randomly, like he'll be like, "You know, take a lot more of that, scare me, pilgrim." <laughs> yeah, and then not say anything, and then be like, hey, "Big is better." <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I don't know. I mean. Maybe he did, or like you said, maybe somebody was, when they were sitting around writing the script, they really did think this was like, they had to, like a knee slapper. I could just see them like writing and like, just like, and then he'll do this. (laughs) It's a knee slapper. Yeah, just just, like chuckling to like. Other than that, like, I don't know, I really don't know how you would, I mean. I can see them too at the ending of like, when he blows up in space, you get the eight, six, SNES, leprechaun finger flying by, flipping him off. Oh, I guarantee you whoever wrote that was just... They laughed a good while about... He's going to flip them all, man. I know. 
What a movie. <laughs> I got to come up with a rating scale and I'm really struggling on on what to use for this one. Um, because I was trying to think of like something that's iconic in the film that's also sort of funny. But there really isn't anything that's iconic and also funny. Um, I, I'm just going to go with uh, out of 10 Kool-Aid packets... Because that's probably what they use pretty prim- pr- uh, pretty pretty much throughout the whole film. This is the uh, catering too. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you got? Hey, we just got fruit punch. I'm pretty sure I did see like uh, Country Time Lemonade in one of the <laughs> one of the robots uh, vials as well. So uh, out of ten packets of Kool Aid, what would you give Leprechaun for in space? I'll give it a three. I'm really close to giving it the lowest rating on the show so far. I'm really mm. close to giving it two and a half, but it's not quite as bad as Make. You know what? Mako might be a more enjoyable film than this. Yeah. Um, this is bad. This is real bad. Everyone is terrible to watch in this film. Warwick Davis is just not even trying. This the script is. Not existent and existent at the same time, and for the fact that there's nothing to it, but it's overly convoluted. Yeah. It's that great dichotomy. The soundtrack just zithers away. It has every horrible, stereotypical cliche from every big space um, movie and TV show at the time. It, it this film is not fun. That's the biggest thing. It, the whole point of the Leprechaun films is they're supposed to be tongue-in-cheek and funny and be creative with the way they kill. And there's none of that. All the deaths are off-screen, just about. You don't get to see them. Uh, Warwick Davis isn't making any quips and limericks. It's like they've gotten so far off from what the original film was that I don't even know why this was even bothered. So yeah. I, I'd give it a three. This is a, a terrible watch. It's terribly boring, and there's no fun to be found. It's just a black hole of enjoyment and artistic integrity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would probably give it like three, three and a half. I don't, I don't really know. Um, it is just like an, a, a film that's not fun. It's one of those movies that you would think would be at least sort of funny and you could at least make fun of it if for anything else but for i would say for about 80 percent of the film there's really not even anything happening it's just people running through an empty spaceship uh trying to act and and it, it really becomes a test of patience this is like you get to those points where they literally are counting down the time until the the film ends like that's not how you want your film to be is like People waiting for the robotic voice to come on and say, like, yep, you only got six minutes to go here. Uh, you just got to get through it. But that's exactly what happens in Leprechaun 4. And it's sort of, like I said it, throughout the, the episode, it's sort of weird that Brian Trenchard Smith also did Leprechaun 3 because it seemed like he had a better handle on the Leprechaun series at that time. It seems like with Leprechaun 4, they really just started to not really give a shit about what they were doing with the Leprechaun series or or sticking to the leprechaun character. They they threw out all of the limericks. They got rid of um, all of the sort of the interesting elements to the leprechaun about how he grants wishes, but they're not in the, you know, they're not the way that the, the uh, wisher intended, stuff like that. There's no gold to be had, really. He doesn't even really focus on gold. It, 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 nothing about this really screams leprechaun. It almost like they took a script and they tried to cram leprechaun into it. Um, so overall, just really not an enjoyable watch at all. I uh, wouldn't recommend this one out of the series. I think it's probably the worst out of the series. And that's saying something because we really struggled with Leprechaun 1 um, and Leprechaun 3. I mean, Leprechaun 3 is not great, but it's definitely way better than this one. Um, so definitely don't even bother checking out Leprechaun 4. It's no surprise that I've never seen it before. I mean, I knew about it. It was uh, one of like you like you said, it was one of those films that was constantly in video stores. Saw it all the time. Yeah, but but I never checked it out, and I guess that's for good reason. So I'm sure if I grabbed it, my mom would be like, "Put that shit away." <laughs> yeah, you rent Scream Three instead yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, we are coming back next week with Captain Marvel. We're going to do our best to see it this weekend. I hope so. We actually lost a theater. We only have two theaters. We lost one. So uh, hopefully it's going to be playing in the theater near us or else we're going to have to sort of make a, a road trip. How but fucking backwards would our area have to be? Hey, kids, want to go see Disney's newest thing? Too bad. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I can't imagine. Might as well just shut down the other theater yeah. then as well. I, I can't guess. imagine they're not going to have Captain Marvel, but uh, we'll we'll just have to make sure that we're able to go see it. So we definitely plan on being back next week for uh, our episode on Captain Marvel. A superhero we know nothing about. That's right. And I've heard that it's helpful if you go in with some knowledge about Captain Marvel. And I have no idea about Captain Marvel. I don't know anything I do about know. Okay. So it's Billy Bastion, and he's empowered by the Greek pantheon, and he says the word Shazam, he turns into... <laughs> oh, wait, no. That's, oh, shit. That one's coming out pretty soon, too, that's, isn't it? That's the other Captain Marvel. That's it's not Captain Marvel. coming out in April. We gotta do that one, too. You know, and that means we gotta do Infinity War 2, and... Yeah, I don't know. Really? They're putting... Back to back. They're putting Shazam out at... Yeah, it's not probably not a good idea, but <laughs> it's like they don't want to make money. I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, I am excited for Captain Marvel. Um, I do want to see it. I want to see what they do, and I really just want to get to this last part of Avengers and see where they go from there. The last part. That's funny. Well, of this iteration, I, I want to see where they what their intentions are for the next arc of this apparently uh, decade-long saga that they have going on. Can you imagine, like, 50 years from now, and we're still like, we're doing another Marvel film. <laughs> I can, because it's owned by Disney now. I know. <laughs> 50 years from now, we're going to be like, yep, um, on to a number 278 in the Marvel series. What do you think the Jonas Brothers are back together? <laughs> <laughs> Got some money to make, bitches! So, yeah, every, all the listeners are in luck. We're back next week, and then we're taking a week off after that. So, uh, Thank you for listening to our painful St. Patrick's Day episode. Um, we're, we're on Leprechaun back in the hood, ne- or Leprechaun in the hood next year. Um, we're on iTunes, Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we're on it, so please leave us a nice review and subscribe to us. We're on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're at, on Twitter at Blood and Black Rum. Uh, we do have an email address at Blood and Black Rum Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you want to recommend any movies or give us some feedback on our show, you can certainly feel free to email us there. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you next week for Captain Marvel. Take care.